Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. GarzaLaw.com, 865-540-8300. Before you say guilty, say Garza. The Garza Law Firm is East Tennessee's premier DUI defense, criminal defense, and personal injury lawyer. If you find yourself in an unfortunate situation or need legal representation, if you find yourself in a wreck, I guess that would be an unfortunate situation. GarzaLaw.com, Marcos Garza. He's got your six. That means he's got your back. All right, let's get to the episode. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to the unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, Wednesday, October 9th, 8.30 p.m. Seth Hughes joins us down in Alabama, fresh off of an ass-kicking for his St. Louis Cardinals. John, it's good to be here again. How you doing today? I'm doing all right. How do you feel? Good, good. Been a been a really rough week. Been an awful week actually, but the Cardinals came through tonight, so that was positive. That was positive. My man Tommy Edmonds out here in New Balance cleats, knocking the shit out of the ball. What more can you ask for? Did you get to watch the game? I did. I did. I, I went into work early enough that I could get off in time. Had a feeling. Had a bad feeling the Braves uh, fucked up in game four whenever they couldn't close that game out. Yeah. Because that was laid out perfectly to finish the series in four. They really gave game four away. I, like, I I know Freddie Freeman made that error and, like, Brian McCann. Freddie Freeman sucks. I don't want to hear – I know he doesn't suck, but I don't want to hear anything about Freddie Freeman. Like, as someone who is a Braves bandwagon hopper – Freddie Freeman is not it. He is not the guy. Regular season guy. He is now officially Freddie Harden. Yeah, he's or James Freeman. However you want to. However you want to name it. But the Cardinals one through eight were knocking the cover off the ball today. Like, I mean, it, it, I don't. They were just crushing the ball. I mean, even Paul DeYoung and Harrison Bader were were, were squaring the ball up. Uh, yeah, I will say it was a, a a vast difference from the first four games. Now I know in Game Four there was uh, three home runs between Goldschmidt and two from Azuna, but for the most part, it seems like the Cardinals are doing damage with blue pits. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the eighth inning, it was two blue hits that uh, tied that game. Yeah, Game Four was one with like a a play where I don't know the rules in baseball. I mean, I do. I know the rules. I don't know what the uh, the right play would have been, but in the 10th inning, you know, first and second, no outs, uh, a weekly hit ball to thir- uh, the pitcher. I feel like the third baseman should cover third there. 
especially you know in a in a tie game because you want to keep the guy off third by all means. But I mean, it was just like you know, small ball killed the Braves in games one through four, and then tonight, yeah, like you said, they just squared up everything and beat the hell out of it. Yeah, I mean, like game four, the Cardinals' hardest hits were Dexter Fowler's, like besides besides the home runs, right? I mean, besides the three solo shots, where Derek, with Dexter Fowler's outs to Albies and the foul ball he hit in the bottom of the ninth to the bottom of the tenth. I mean, he was hammering the ball, but other than that. It was Ozuna and Goldschmidt and then the Blue Pits. And then today, I don't know. They obviously, Fulte was just not the same. Yeah, some guys ain't got it. Some yeah. guys are not clutch performers. He was good in game two, but some guys cannot handle do or die situations. I mean, it's just, it's it's criminal that Soroka, who's going to get Cy Young votes, I imagine. I'd say he finishes in the top five for sure. He only started one game. Yeah, like I said, like as a very casual Braves observer, a bandwagon hopper, feels like uh, the way you got beaten Game Five at home might be something that sparks a, a change of some sorts. Like, I don't know if you fire the manager who you go get. Like, obviously, if you can get Joe Madden, you do that. But I don't feels like he's an LA guy. But the way you got your ass beat, that's tough to come back from. Especially when, like you said, whenever you're going to get second guessed all offseason about what how you handled your pitching yeah I, I just it's hard to believe Soroka only got one start it felt like he over like it felt like he overmanaged in games one and four like it, it, to me at least it's inexcusable to only basically have one pitcher left and you throw in Julio Tehran who I mean, from what I've read, and he, what just I've seen say, he just throws meatballs. He just throws throws. Not only does he throw meatballs, but he usually struggles in his first inning. Like he'll settle down after the first inning. You can't throw him in whenever you know if he gives up a run, it's over. Because like you know, if he messes up in the first inning, which he did yesterday, it you know, it, or not yesterday, but two two days ago, game four, uh, season's over. Yeah, or at least that game's over. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Freeman was terrible. I mean, uh, Freddie Freddie Harden. Freddie Harden. Yeah, he was bad. I'm really interested to see if the Nationals really do pull, you know, put Scherzer in tonight out of the bullpen. Um, that seems crazy, too. Seems like he'd only be able to go an inning or two, though. At most, yeah, right? I would think an inning max. I mean, that seems crazy to me. And, and I know that they've shelled Patrick Corbin. And if you're Mike Scherzer, you've already got your money. What's it matter? Who cares? You don't care if your arm falls off. You want to win because, like, you already got your big – Hundred and something million dollar contract, right? Yeah, I mean, he got paid. yeah. I mean, and if if you're Max Scherzer at this point, like you just want to win a playoff series with the Nationals, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't blame him at all for wanting to go. It just seems crazy to me that they would. But I mean, all hands on deck. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, Cardinals fans are rooting for the Nationals to win, and uh, Scherzer to have to pitch on one day's rest, and then. I would imagine that would take a lot of him out for you know a lot of a lot out of him for next round. Anyways, that was a stupid series. I feel like the Braves should have won it. They obviously did not. I feel like they let some opportunities go. That game four, if you know that that's going to be hard to wait. You know, baseball is cruel in the sense of you play 162 games, right? Like you, it's a long ass season. It's a lot of games. You obviously fall in love with good teams. You hold them higher in higher regard. And then, you know, to have a game four where you, store, you know, you come back from an early deficit, 
and you have hits and you have opportunities, you load the bases twice, in the ninth inning you get a leadoff double and you can't score any runs, that's going to be tough. And Freddie Freeman, like I said, it's going to be really tough for him this offseason because not only did he shit the bed, but he also calls out Acuna after game one for not hustling and then just completely, you know, goes 0 for 12 after that. Yeah. And just it forgets how to play defense. I don't want to talk too much more about baseball, but, like, I didn't understand in game four in the eighth inning with two outs why he was not playing deeper with Molina batting. Like, I feel like you got to, you know, the guy on second, you got to protect what happened. You can't let that happen. His slow ass can't beat you to the bag. You know what I mean? I feel like you got to be playing deeper, like, on the edge of the infield. You can't let a ball, like, bloop over your head like that. Eh, especially, you know, if the guy on second, one run re- lead, slow ass Molina. I would have been playing deeper. You would think he would be, but he uh, couldn't make that play. Yeah, he because there's the- no there's no infield singles with Yadier. I mean. Right, right. And even if there is, it's just uh, runners on first and third. Like, you can live with that. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. I thought that the, the play today, like, Ozuna – blocked Freeman from seeing that ball. Um, that was a really good job by Ozuna. I just don't think it would have mattered today. I, the Cardinals were crushing the ball. I mean, I don't know, man. If you get a double play there, and you would have with Molina running, that's 1-0 after the first inning, I think you'd have been okay. Now, you probably, like, Fulte was couldn't find the strike zone. Maybe he settles down. I don't know. And, you know, the rest of the bullpen sucked. You know, Max Freed come in and got rocked. So, like, maybe it doesn't matter. But, you know, the crowd, obviously, when you go down 4-0 and then you walk the pitcher, it's over at that point with uh, Jack Flaherty pitching. That was unreal. That was unlike anything I've ever seen. I have never, yeah, I've never, like, I don't know. There were so many things in that inning that made my jaw just drop. You know, I mean, like, everyone. Freeman fucking up the double play, walking the pitcher, like, what are you doing? Like, Max Freed doesn't struggle to throw strikes. And I will say, I feel like, uh, you know, I don't want to call out the people we love, our patrons, but they made fun of me in game one when I said I would rather just have people on base than hit home runs, you know, in certain situations. And I think you kind of saw that in the first inning. That's They didn't hit, they didn't, yep, they didn't hit a single home run in the first inning. And that is crazy in today's baseball that they scored 10 runs without a home run. But it was just constant people on base and constant pressure and constantly having the pitcher worried about other things than just the batters. And I feel like, you know, the the guy, you know, Azuna being on first base fucked up Freddie Freeman on that ground ball, like you said. Uh, I feel like um, I kind of foreshadowed that a little bit in game one because I was like, I you know, in the ninth inning when it was seven to three, I was like, I, you know, when Acuna hit that two-run bomb, I was like, I kind of wish he just would have hit a double. I prefer to have people on base messing with the pitcher, messing with the defense. And they all laughed at me and said I was an idiot and that you always take the run when you can. And I was like, ah, whatever. I disagree. And then you, you know, I think the first inning was because there were just constant people on base. I think if you'd have had a situation where, like, you know, like if it's a three-run bomb to make it 4-0, you probably settle down and hold it to four runs at that point. But it's constant carnage. It's just tit for tit for tit for tit for tat. It does show that, like, even in the game today as it is, where, like, you know, these guys just try to hit home runs. Like, there's still, like, you can still be really good at baseball, and there's still a spot for you if you just hit double singles and doubles. You know, I mean, that's never going to go out of style, even that's though. A shitty series. Either way, congrats to the Cardinals. I was wrong. 
I do. I'm not going to say I think the Braves are the better team, but I still think the Braves are the better team. I think they just fucked up game four. I think they should have won in four, but either way. Yep. They let old ass Molina cuck them. Yachty, man. What a player. Just what an absolute player. And then you got Tommy Edmond out there in New Balance cleats, man. And then you got Ozuna, Big Bear, in the neon green sleeve, just hitting home runs, hitting rockets. Yeah, it was fun. But moving on, um, Mississippi State this weekend. Jeremy Pruitt has to win, right? It feels like this is uh, the one game. You know, I feel like I'm a big believer in the one game uh, meaning a lot in a season. And, you know, obviously there were some other opportunities this year that would – or maybe should have been that game, or, you know, at least with losses, obviously, you know, we've had a couple bad losses that we feel like were avoidable, or, you know, like obviously the Georgia State, the BYU game. But it does feel like with the scenario the way it is right now, uh, this could either be the turning point where Jeremy Pruitt gets things back on track or where it just completely goes off the rails. Kind of like a ground ball to Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Well, like if you win or this. walking a pitcher. Yeah. If they were to win this game. Then all of a sudden, things open up for the rest of the season, like the South Carolina game at home. There's a real path to six and six if you win today. There really is. And even the Missouri game becomes like something to look forward to. Yeah, you don't punt that game. You you feel like, oh wow, we got some confidence. We could you know, we yeah, might who knows what happens. Win. Who knows what I mean? They just lost their best defensive player for the whole season. Gonna be an all American, like he's out. I mean, you at least look forward to it, right? I mean, we saw last year, if you have a little something to look forward to on the road, like we did at Auburn, things can happen. Like, there's a real path to 6-6 six and six if they win this weekend. Um, there is still zero reason to lose this weekend. I do not give a shit that they lost to Georgia State. I don't care that they lost to BYU and have gotten embarrassed by our two main SEC East rivals. There is no reason to lose this game. Joe Moorhead sucks. I don't even know who's playing quarterback for Mississippi State this weekend. I don't I don't think they know yet either. But he sucks. And you know, there's just no reason. There's there is no reason to lose this game. It doesn't matter that they're bringing in all the suspended players to play. They're not good. Auburn scored a touchdown on what? Six the first six drives. I think against them, the first five or six drives of the game, Auburn scored a touchdown. I watched Auburn's first possession, and they scored in like three plays, and I went into a movie. And we saw Saturday how bad Bo Nix is. This Mississippi State defense is not good. I'm sorry, like I just can't buy that they're good when I saw, when I've seen like what Auburn did to them with Bo Nix and Kansas State put up some points. I mean, that... We should be able to move the ball. Like, this is just another game where we should be able to throw the ball deep to one of our wide receivers and catch it. We did it against Georgia. We should be able to do it against Mississippi State. If that has to be our offense, then it doesn't matter. Like, he just has to find a way to win. He has to find a way to win this game. I don't think that is uh, wrong. We are six and a half, seven point uh, underdogs. But that doesn't matter. It feels like a game that Tennessee 
really, really, really needs to win. It feels like a game that Jeremy Pruitt probably knows he has to have in regards for, you know, maybe not for getting fired in year two, but for having a chance to succeed here. Like having a chance to do something in recruiting, right? Yeah, like that's the thing. Like people have been bemoaning recruiting the last month, and for good reason. Like we would have probably gotten several five stars if Tennessee had handled business like they ought to. But they didn't, and we're not going to get those five stars. But if they were to win this weekend and beat South Carolina, the recruiting class is still going to be really good because you're still going to get all these four stars in the state of Tennessee. Like they at least, Pruitt at least wised up and offered the three top 250 players from Whitehaven that all want to play together. It was stupid not to offer them in the first place. He finally wised up. He offered them. They all came. And like now it really seems close to being a done deal that they're all going to come to Tennessee. And then they go, they're going to bring Amari Thomas. They might bring Chris Morris with them. Like, all of a sudden, that's just that's five four-stars right there. That Now, I'm not just not any four-stars. We're talking top 100 players. And why did, like, it doesn't matter. They finally offered them. But, like, recruiting is going to be okay but you got to win. You have to win just a little bit. Like he's still in that sweet, sweet grace period of new coaches where you just have to win a little bit to get really good football players. It becomes hard to recruit next year. Yeah. Year two, you can still sell. Not my guys play in time. This will get better. Yeah. And it, and if he were to win Saturday and then handle business the rest of the season, he could say, look, it is getting better. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, it, it would be getting better if we were to go 6-6. Six and six. Obviously, that is a long ways off, and I feel dumb for even thinking about 6-6. Six and six. But that, regardless, you take it one game at a time, we should win the game this weekend. Plain and simple. I mean, we were. it was a two-touchdown game. For how long? For how long in the second half? Saturday night. I mean, the defense after halftime bowed up a little bit. Now I know that Georgia could have probably scored at any point in time that they wanted to Saturday night, but the team is still playing hard, which is a good sign. They haven't quit yet. Uh, let's see, Georgia. Did not score uh, to make it bigger than 15 until eight minutes left in the uh, fourth quarter. So it was a two-touchdown game going into the fourth quarter. I mean, the team played hard, which I was su- – I shouldn't be surprised because we had a new quarterback. But I'm, I, I am surprised. And, and it's Georgia. And it's Georgia. But, I mean, the very first game of the year, we, we thought maybe the team had quit on Pruitt. You know what I mean? So at least we're still looking and saying, well, at least the team hasn't quit. Now – We'll see because I do think there is a new chance to have the team quit. Like, and I do think if you lose to Mississippi State, this season goes back on to win watch. Yes. I do feel like that is true. Like, you can sell these guys on, hey, we can finish strong. And I don't know if there was a team mandated message of, like, hey, go out and praise the fans, say thank you. There definitely was. There definitely was. It seems like there was, right? Yeah. I mean, Volquest talked about it. What'd they say about it? I can't even remember on the podcast now. Do they make it sound like the coaches or team or AD or whoever said, like, hey, go do this? 
just that there was like a there was like a concerted effort to to thank the fans for coming out because you know the fans were pretty good like it wasn't the the crowd wasn't near as red as i thought it would be and i think it was you know i think them being there helped energize the our, our fans who actually went to the game yeah that's probably true too yeah i, I mean we haven't even talked about mauer in the first half i mean well, he looked great um he looked great in the first half i mean what is there even to say like now he does a lot of things that are better than obviously what we've had at quarterback in the last couple of years. He's quick with the ball. Now maybe that means he's just making one read and locking in on that guy, and maybe that's kind of what the problem was in the second half. But you know, in college football, especially if you have a good offensive coordinator, which hopefully we do, you can get the first guy open. Well, he still. We're not going up against Bill Belichick out there. He made some really good throws in the second half. And I know that I don't remember. I don't remember many. There were two that, off the top of my head, I remember. He threw one. He threw one on a post to Callaway on his back foot across the middle, and he threw he threw an over the shoulder deep ball to, to Jennings on the sideline. Yeah. yeah. Now he he sucked in the third quarter. Like, I mean, he was like zero for four, I think, in the third quarter with an interception. But he, and he didn't see the safety on the interception. Well, no shit. He's a true freshman. It's going to happen. You know, I mean, it's 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 going to happen. It is what it is, like, but he can move, he has a live arm, he gets it out of there quickly, and, like, he, you know, he would make a read if the guy was open, and he would throw it. I mean, I, you know, like you said, in college, you should be able to get one guy open, and you should be able to do an RPO, and you should be okay. I mean, Marcus Mariota won the Heisman that way. Like, Marcus Mariota wasn't going through progressions, he was... Uh, play action, wide open guy, throw it to him. Like it, now, granted, like you know, there's a different level of Pac-12 defense, and there's a different level of you know talent probably on Oregon's roster. And Chip Kelly's better than Jim Chaney, all that stuff, or you know, even uh, what's his name, Helfrick, like whatever. But in, in college, one read is mostly good enough. Yeah, you don't need like you don't need Brian Mauer going through hitting his fourth target like Jake Fromm did the other night. You know, I mean, we don't need that right now. What We We also don't have the offensive line that can do that. Yeah. What we need is a guy that is just going to like, when a guy's, because our receivers are going to get open. And when they're open, hit them. That's been the problem. And so Mauer looks like he can do that. So roll with it. I would love for our running game to, catch up a little bit. I mean, the offensive line has been light years better than last year. Nobody's going to argue otherwise, but we still struggle to run the ball. But, I mean, he has to win this game. I don't really know of another way. It's hard to see a path forward if he doesn't. Because you're not asking much. You're saying what we're saying right now on October 9th is that, yeah, he lost to Georgia State, he lost to BYU, he lost to Florida, and he lost to Georgia, but as long as he beats Mississippi State, it's going to be okay. Like, that's all we're asking. And if he can't do that, then you just need to look at the the 12-year path that this program has taken since they've beaten Auburn, and it is bad. And it is bad. And I don't know that, like, it's ever going to get better. 
when you just look at it, you know, I mean, from Auburn to now, if you lose, if we were to lose Saturday, that's pretty rough. Well, hopefully we win then. Yeah. Like, hopefully we win. Are you uh, coming up for the game? Yeah, I'll be here. So yeah. it's important enough to get Seth Hughes up for a game. Okay. That's where we're at in terms of uh, level of importance. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. So. That means it's at least important enough to get Seth Hughes up the road. We got to win, man. We have to win this game. Like, just, just, just win the game, Pruitt. Damn. Just win a stupid damn football game that matters. You haven't done it since Kentucky, and that doesn't even count because it's Kentucky. I don't care what they're ranked. You haven't done it since Auburn. It's been 12 years, and the talent isn't near bad enough to justify that. So go out and beat Mississippi State. When was the last time Mississippi State won in Neyland Stadium? I would like to know that because I'm pretty sure the last time they beat us, which was, what, 2012? I think that that was the first time they had that, that was the first time they had beaten us since 1994. I think, and that game might have been at Neyland Stadium. I don't know. I would like to know when the last time Mississippi State won at Neyland Stadium. Like it's Mississippi State. Feels good knowing they've only gotten one shot to really talk shit to us. Like all these other schools have beaten us a lot recently. Feels good to know Mississippi State's only got one of them, right? Yeah, I mean, it's. Do we lose? Do we lose to Sylvester Croom, Sylvester Croom back in like no, no. mid two thousand? So we didn't lose to him. No, we did not. I remember a game when I was in high school of Tennessee going to Mississippi State, but I, I couldn't remember if we won or not. Let's see if I can get a year by year breakdown here. You can probably just go to a little history, the series history. I'm trying to. I'm on Mississippi State versus Tennessee football history. Year by year. Hold on, I'll find it. Winsipedia, man. It's going to go to Winsipedia. Can you even Google, bro? It's up there on the damn chart. Is it not? Is there not a big, is there not like a chart up there? It says the last time we played them, which is 2012, and Mississippi State. Full games list page 2008, Knoxville, Tennessee, 34 3. 2007, Starkville, Tennessee, 33 21. 2003, Knoxville, Tennessee, Tennessee, 59-21. Yeah, they hadn't beat us, like you said, since uh, 1994. That was in Starkville. The last time they've won in Knoxville apparently is 1986. Yep, 27 to 23. mcube.net, good call, Tech Ball. mcube.net is a sweet website. And apparently they beat us, uh, they actually beat us three times in a row. 78, 79, 86. For some reason, I mean, I guess it's kind of a neutral site, but we would we would play them in Memphis. Ah, okay, that's pretty. And that would count, I guess, kind of as a home game for state. I guess I don't I don't know. So they I don't know if it counts as a home game, but we played the neutral site. So I mean, they haven't won in, in Neyland Stadium since since eighty six. I mean, dude, just win the game. I mean, I guess, like, there's not even anything to talk about. When it comes to this game, because like, all like, there's nothing to talk about. You just have to beat Mississippi State at the University of Tennessee. That's it. That's the end of the story. There is nothing. We just want to be. We just want to be what two and two and five. Yeah, we just, like, that's it. All we're asking you, bro, is you make how much money does Jimmy Pruitt make? Three and a half million. Two damn. I guess it'd be two and four. We, we just want to be two and four. He's making too damn much money, but. Uh, 
however much money he's making, all we're asking you to do is to beat Mississippi State. You need to beat Joe Moorhead, okay? Just beat Joe Moorhead. That's it. That's not a high bar. Like, I want everyone to just think, like, anybody that's, like, itching to say, well, he doesn't need to win this game, all we're asking him to do is to beat Joe Moorhead. I kind of like Moorhead, though. That's fine. It's a lot better than Les Head, you know? Well, that is true, John. <laughs> that is true. I'm glad you felt good about that one. Uh, <laughs> the third truly probably helped. <laughs> I mean, just beat Joe Moorhead. You get it, Les Head? I get it, man. All right, let's get to some patron questions. Patreon.com, if you want to support the movement, uh, you get access to the Discord, the game threads. Haven't been as fun as I thought they would be uh, because Tennessee kind of sucks, but we do have one new patron and someone who upped their pledge. Riverboat Ron went from a $3 patron to a $5 patron. Shout out to Riverboat Ron. We love you. And just coming across earlier today, new $5 patron, Houston Trotter. Shout out to Houston. We love you, buddy. We appreciate it. All right, let's start running through some patron questions. Uh, they got the uh, the live Discord thread where they've been listening along with us. Let's go up to the top. Scroll, 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 scroll. Uh, first up, Tuck asks, what's the quickest way to kill yourself? I'd imagine a bullet to the head. Yeah. I'm guessing Tuck is sad posting about his Atlanta Braves. I believe that was it, but uh, Tuck, if you want a quick way, I'd imagine a bullet to the head is the very quickest way. Probably a shotgun. I guess maybe if you could get some medicine and go straight to your veins, that might be quicker, but uh, it can't get much quicker than the shotgun, right? Yeah, it can't. Uh, it really can't. Agreed. We endorse the bullet to the head method, Tuck. That's the official Reed's Ranch stance on suicide. If you are if you are aiming to shuffle off this mortal coil, put a shotgun in your mouth and pull the trigger. Uh, no, no, I, I gotta say that we don't we don't sign off on that. But we would rather you we seek simply, help. Well, I'm just even saying like we just say that's the uh, the quickest way. We're not saying that that's even our preferred method of suicide. That's too messy, bro. You gotta think about the you gotta EMTs. Think, you gotta think about your family. family. <laughs> You gotta think about that open casket funeral. Yeah, no, yeah, we we do not advocate for that. Um, no, we just simply said that was the quickest way. We answer, we try to answer all the patron questions if we can. That was the first one. I feel like he got he got he got to ask that, so we answered it. But um, no, that that is not our official stance. We do not advocate for that in any <laughs> circumstance, unless it's just you're simply looking for the quickest way. But please think about the people who would find you and your family. Seek help. And just don't make a mess. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> I mean, that's the least you could do, right? Yeah, is not make a absolutely. mess. Absolutely. It's the least you could do. Uh, Ryan asks, would you rather go the rest of your life without TV shows or movies? Man, I don't, yeah, I mean, I guess if I had to pick. I love TV shows, though. But movies, I love movies more. Go with TV shows. Are there any current, are there any current um, shows going right now that are good to great? 
I mean, I know you're probably not going to know, so I'm kind of just thinking out loud. But well, I mean, like, I feel like I would see it on Twitter if there were, but like nothing. Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, is there anything even gaining buzz? I know, I know, Amazon Prime has that flea bag show where that woman has likes having a lot of sex. It won some awards at the Emmys. She beat uh, JDL. It won best comedy. It beat Veep. So we kind of started watching it. It's it's okay. Um, I like Succession. I don't know how good it actually is, but I really like it. But I don't feel like it's great. I don't feel like it's one of those TV shows that's going to like be a you know a phenom. I mean, does, are there any other ones going on right now that are? Doesn't seem like anything's been like that since Game of Thrones. Well, yeah, obviously that was the biggest uh, biggest example. I, I still I still really like Better Call Saul. Uh, you know, out of the Breaking Bad family, although it doesn't have near the same following. Um, that's still going on. Walk, yeah, it's still going on. It's still it's still really good too. You, you finally got the uh, the the turn. We finally got uh, Jimmy turning into Saul on, on the last episode. So next season should be really good. Uh, the Walking Dead is still going on, although I haven't seen anybody really talk about it in a couple years. It's still going on. You have to be kidding me. I jumped off in season seven. How is it still going it. on? It's still going on, bro. Does it still have the same people in it? For the most part, Rick's no longer there. What happened to him? I don't think they killed him. I think he just left because last I read, there like he was like maybe getting a movie. I don't know. Brian McCann just retired. I think he did that like two months ago. <laughs> I mean, don't you? Yeah, did you, you did, nailed that he, one, buddy. You nailed that one. That was good. I think he got a hit on his first at bat, and then that was pretty much it. Yeah. Hey, but rest assured, Mike Schilt walked him to face Dansby Swanson. What the hell was he what doing? What a galaxy brain move that was. Like, I get sabermetrics, I get the splits and whatever, but like... It might as well have been McCann, a... It was a beach ball to Dansby Swanson. I, I mean, McCann can't get a hit. It was... He can't get a hit. It was brutal. And like, the first pitch, Dansby just smacked one to, you know, to left field. I thought it was going to be a homer, but like... Look, I'm far from a baseball expert. I watch probably 50 games a year. I try to keep up. When the Reds were good, I really watched it a lot. My Reds haven't been good, so I haven't really been into it. Until the Braves got good, and I was like, you know what? They're on every night. I'll watch them. But, like, I haven't seen Brian McCann get more than, like, one hit in, like, the 50 games I've watched. And you walk him with a really fast runner on third. Like, Billy Hamilton's on third. He's the tying run. To me, like, A, I'm not putting the winning run on base. B, I don't want to open up an infield single. Like, Dansby Swanson could have easily hit, like, a roller and beat it out and tie the game. Brian McCann's not getting an infield single no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, you could, you could roll the ball in the perfect spot, say, here, shortstop, you fall down, third baseman, you be late, and, like, he's still going to throw him out. Yeah, Brian McCann had a— I guess the shortstop would really have anything to do there, mostly, but either way. Brian McCann had a war of um, 0.3 this year. He sucks, and I hate him. Okay. So, I saw some Brace fans were mad that Snitker pinched hit for him in his last— Yeah, I I couldn't believe he did that. I thought it was kind of like a basketball thing, where you sub the guy out and let him get a standing ovation. Yeah. Did I, I I wasn't watching though. Obviously, it was it was over. I didn't hear it. If there was one, I was I had it did on. They, did they bring Brian McCann out to home plate and then? I didn't see that. Okay. If they did, maybe I totally missed okay. it. But 
They, they, in my head, they brought him out to home, then they brought the pinch hit in and let him get like a standing ovation. No, there was none of that, and the announcers were like, I can't believe they did that. Maybe you just don't want him to get the last out of the season in his in his last ever. I don't know. Because I think, I mean, I was sort of kind of keeping up with it, just play by play to see if the Braves would do anything. Did McCann get a hit his last at bat? I feel like he might have got a single in his last at bat. Oh, I don't even. Nope, he did not. He puffed out to the catcher. He got a hit like in the fifth inning, though. Yes. Okay. I mean, yeah. I thought I thought they brought him out and like gave him a, a standing ovation, but I guess not. No, they just put Tyler Flowers in. Which they should have played him more in the series. And where was Cervelli at the last couple games? I don't know. I think you played both of those guys more, and of course Flowers comes in. It goes one for one, hits a single. It seemed like Cervelli played quite a bit the first two games. He at least came in and pinch hit, and then they would put him in afterwards. I don't know. But, yeah, Brian McCann is retired. I think I would rather go without TV shows than ride with movies. Did you go see The Joker? You told me you were going to go see it on Monday. Did you go see it? No, I said I was going to see it this Friday. Oh, that's right. But I won't be seeing it this Friday because – in case you missed it, the Cardinals won tonight, so they play Friday night. So I'll be watching. I'll be watching the Cardinals game with my best friend Luke. Is Luke a Cardinals? Yes, fan? huge, huge. I mean, he's like the only reason I ever watched the Cardinals because I love Luke. He's my best friend. So I started watching the Cardinals every night. I use this MLB.tv login. So pretty big sports weekend. Got the Cardinals in the. NLCS, we got big Jeremy Pruitt trying to make his last stand to beat the mighty Bulldogs of Mississippi State. He's trying to beat Joe Moorhead. So they really don't know who's going to play quarterback for them this weekend. That's what Cody was saying today. said uh, both of them are banged up with injuries, so they don't know who's going to actually both be Both of them, meaning Tommy Stevens and the true freshman? Uh, Tommy Stevens and I think the quarterback who had been playing, the one that went on that helicopter ride. Against, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, what happened to to, to Thompson, or how you say it? He he decided not to transfer and came back to the team. Oh yeah, that's true. I wonder if they just like didn't. If they're just like too. I wonder if they're just like too late, buddy. Are they just not? Are they just deciding not to play him? Um, yeah, I don't know. He's been sidelined with an injury. Okay. So yeah, they don't know who they're gonna play. Okay, so he's probably not going to play because he's going to transfer out after the end of the season. So he just wants to, yeah. save, his, wants to save his red shirt and mm-hmm. eligibility. So, let's see. Um... Hank asks, uh, did the Native Americans put a curse on the Atlanta Braves? What do you think about them taking the chop away? I'm annoyed that I'm going to have to hear people mad about them taking the chop away. And like saying that's the reason they lost. That's pretty lame to say that's the reason they lost. It just It is pretty funny that they did that right before game five though. Like you couldn't wait till the end of the season yeah, to do that. It seemed pretty it seemed pretty pointless to me. I don't think there was a need for it. They took the chop away with their play for sure. Like no one wanted to do the chop after the first inning. So that was good. Yeah, I mean it just seemed pretty needless. But no, I don't I don't think they're cursed. No, I don't I don't think they're cursed. Uh, DFS, how much of Maurer's success in the first half was from Georgia not knowing what to expect and how much was talent? Also, how do you expect him to play against State? Uh, I don't really know as to the first part of that question. As to the second part of the question, my um, 
expectation of him is to there's going to be boom plays and there's going to be bust plays. Like he's probably going to throw an interception and he's probably going to hit some deep balls and that's just what I expect. Um you can live with the bust plays because I think he is going to make some boom plays just because the arm talent is there, right? I mean, he was making some impressive throws Saturday night. Nobody can say otherwise. The deep ball was beautiful. The over-the-shoulder throw to Jennings was beautiful. He threw. Uh, he made some great throws. So I think that we're going to make some plays in the passing game. I think there will be some bust plays, some ugly plays. I also would like to see him run the ball. I would like to see us get some running plays from Maurer. You know, that's we were told that's why he was the backup, which was obviously bullshit. He's the backup because he's a lot better than JT Shroud. Um, I would like to see us do some running plays with him. But I really have no idea what to expect. I mean, who knows? I think, like you said, I think you summed it up. He'll make some really good throws, and then he'll probably make some mistakes. And I just like I want I want everybody to know now that we like we just have to live with the mistakes because at least he's gonna make some really good throws. Because we he's not gonna make any worse throws than Garantano was making, and Garantano what? And he's gonna make better throws than Garantano exactly. was making. So like you know, it, it's like an upgrade. I, the floor isn't going to get any lower. I shouldn't say that. It always does. I don't think the floor is going to get lower. It can always it can always get worse, my friend. Producer needs to take that out. Mason asked, who are our picks for the NBA Finals? I'm on record 76ers versus... I uh, still don't know in the West, but I'll say 76ers versus Lakers. I'm not married to the Lakers just yet, but I, I'm on record saying the 76ers win the title. That's my pick. I don't know if you saw Big Ben Simmons drain that three last night. but Good for him. Good for him. Watch out. Watch out, League. Do you have a pick? Um, no, it's too early. I haven't gotten done with my analytics yet. You know, I'm still crunching the numbers. Um, unfortunately, I am going to have to pick the 76ers out of the East because everyone else is slaw. I know it's going to bring you great joy. After all that shit you talked. But I guess I do have to go with the 76ers out of the East. I mean, I have no idea. Who has the best odds out of the West? The Clippers. Who has the second best odds? Is it the Utah Jazz? I would say the Lakers. I thought I heard something about Utah Jazz late last night. Utah is a, uh, is a popular pick. As is Denver. I am out on Denver. I am out on Denver. Why is that? Your best too fat. player does nothing but eat Doritos and drink Mountain Dew. I'm out on Jokic. I'm out on Denver. I don't. I'm not a believer in Utah. Not enough guns. I like the Clippers. Actually, I like the Clippers. If Conley stays healthy, I think Utah's going to be really, really good. I know that's not like a hot take, everyone's saying that, but I do think they got the guns. It's just hard to, for me to believe that in like a best-of-seven series, the Utah Jazz are really going to take it to like the Lakers. And that's the issue. I think they're going to be awesome in the regular season, and then in the playoffs you'll have to sit the big Frenchman down. Gobert won't be able to play against the big boys, or against the against the good teams. They'll, they'll do what the Rockets do to them when they play – 
They'll put him in pick and rolls. They'll bust his ass. That's what's going to happen to Gobert. So they'll be really good in the regular season, but they'll they will lose in the playoffs. So a little too early. I'm still doing some analytics. Shout out to my man Daryl Morey, though. I support him. Yeah, Ryan asked uh, about the uh, NBA in China. Can you give me the uh, Can you give me the very simple, dumb redneck version of the the Hong Kong and China? All Hong Kong wants is the protections and rights they were given when they were ruled by uh, the United Kingdom, right? The transfer to China, when that occurred, their rights have been systematically stripped away over a longer period of time, over a, not a longer period of time, over a period of time. Um, that's why you'll see at some protests, they'll be flying like the the British flag. Um, that's all they want. They want what they were, they want the rights they had under Anglo-Saxon rule. Um they obviously don't have that under authoritarian China. China and Hong Kong, what China does to Hong Kong is like the least evil thing China does. I want everyone to be aware of that. What they do to Hong Kong is like the least evil thing that China does. They are ethnically cleansing the Muslims that live in China. And there is a large, there is, there is a, a large amount of Muslims in China. Now it's, it's not large compared to how many Han Chinese there are, but there are, there are several ethnicities in China and obviously Han outrank them all, but there is a ethnicity of, of Chinese people that are Muslim. And I can't, I don't know how to say it, but it starts with a U. It's like you, I, I, I don't know how to say it, but China has basically been ethnically cleansing them and harvesting their organs sometimes and forcing like young Muslim Chinese women into marriages with young Han Chinese men, basically to rid themselves of all Islam. Now, that compared to Hong Kong is nothing, but the NBA is comprised in its ownership and administration of nothing but a bunch of damn cucks. We have people like Steve Kerr, who is an annoying little prick. He is not a owner. I just a coach, admin, whatever. We have people like Steve Kerr who make sure that he lets his opinion be known about everything in terms of American politics. But he can't even find it in him to say something bad about China, who does stuff that is a million times worse than anything that happens in America. America's not ethnically cleansing anybody, okay? America's not ethnically cleansing everyone. America's sins have been discussed ad nauseum. It's not a perfect nation. It is nothing compared to China. It's nothing compared to what China does in Africa. Okay? And for Steve Kerr to say, oh, I just have to read a little bit more about it. I'm just not going to make a statement that I'm not educated on. Dude, you make statements on politics in America all the time that you're not educated on. But when it comes time to actually say anything negative about a true authoritarian state, you don't have the balls to do it. You are a coward and you are a cuck. Same with Adam Silver. 
Some things matter more than money. And it would be cool if Adam Silver and Steve Kerr would realize that. Because they're acting like a bunch of cowards right now. I mean, Steve Kerr grew up in Lebanon. His dad was a big professor at, at, at a university in Lebanon. He knows how bad it is outside of America. He knows that America has it better than anywhere. But he cannot even find it in him to have the guts to say something against an outright evil authoritarian state, which is what they're doing. Everyone should look up, just Google China ethnically cleanse Muslims. There's The New York Times has written extensively about this, about what they are doing to their Muslim population. They have torn down mosques. They are forcing marriages. They are putting them in camps, like re-education camps, that are where they live in like a, a city that's more of a Chinese nature, so they're not living in a, in a, in a Muslim-type environment. They are ethnically cleansing themselves of an, eth- of, of, of an ethnicity that has done nothing wrong. Their only mistake is that they weren't Han Chinese, that they had an allegiance to something other than the state. That's the, on, that's the only crime of these Chinese Muslims. But Steve Kerr cannot even find it in him. He's got to learn some more about it. He, Steve Kerr can go to hell. He's a cuck. I, would, uh, I don't want to defend Steve Kerr. I'm just going to say, Seth, that I would imagine the NBA said no more talking about this. Oh, they for sure did. The NBA is a bunch of cowards. So I mean, do you think that's do you think Steve Kerr should like go and like defy the league and 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 talk about it? We're talking about people getting ethnically cleansed. I mean, yeah, but we're both using iPhones. What the hell? What the hell are they gonna do to Steve Kerr? I don't know. I'm just asking. Like, uh, there could be a big father, could be president. I'm asking okay, you. Okay, like, okay, if, okay, uh, okay, okay. I I will give you your point there, and I will just say that's fine. I'm just asking because no, okay, no, no, the no, argument. No, 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 I see. It's a fair point, and I understand where you're coming from. I'm not saying you're wrong. My reply to that is that Steve Kerr is 100% full of shit. I would say that, and look, it does look bad. Look, I, I love the NBA. You know that. And it does look bad. I would say Steve Kerr, the politics I've seen him talk about has been uh, brutality against black people, which he deals with a lot of black people in his work. And he's spoken out against gun violence. You talked about his dad. His dad was murdered by gunmen. So he does have some experience in those. I would say he is probably more well-versed in both of those issues than the Hong Kong-China situation. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but he said his, he, he said his brother-in-law is a, is a professor of Chinese history. He, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I saw the clip where he said he wasn't going to talk well, about buddy, it until he read listen, about it listen, he obviously grew up with a bigger worldview than some damn redneck from Alabama, but even I know what they're doing to Muslims in China. Sure, and I don't know if Steve Kerr knows or not. Well, I would imagine fault. he probably does. I, I would imagine he probably does. I would also say that we always say we should listen to our employers, right? Like, that was everyone who said pl- NFL players shouldn't kneel for the anthem was like, the owners don't want them to, the owners write the checks, they're the boss, listen to them, listen to the league. I'm just saying maybe there's some of that going on right now with the NBA, and it seems like the people who are uh, always rolling their eyes and mad at politics, 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 now want politics, politics, politics from the league, and... It's just 
kind of a, a, ba- a crazy situation well, for me. Well, for one, we are talking about a thing that is tied in, is probably the most fundamental right in America. Which is, Which is free speech. speech. I mean, Daryl Morey yeah. said nothing wrong. He said nothing wrong. It's the only thing. This China thing is remarkable because it is the only thing that I have seen unite both the left and the right. Both. But does it not go back? Does it not go back to free speech means you can't get arrested for it? Not that you can have a job for it. Isn't that what everyone said about Colin Kaepernick? Like you can do, you can have your protest, you can do whatever, but that doesn't mean that you get to have a job, right? That just means you don't get thrown in camps or thrown in prison. Like I don't think anyone's worried about Steve Kerr getting thrown in prison, but if his if his boss and his the league's like, hey, stop, we can't talk about this anymore. I don't see why he's getting all that hate because he's totally full of shit. If your brother is a professor of Chinese history and everyone knows what they're doing to Muslims, you don't need to say, oh, it's a it's a complicated issue and it, we're going to learn a lot about it. And, you know, it's like Steph Curry, which I actually don't even hold anything against Steph Curry. But, like, you know, it's like Adam Silver said, you know, we just have to, you know, people from different cultures really got to, they just have to learn how the other side works. And it's like, hold up, hold up. They're ethnically cleansing Muslims. And like all Daryl Morey said, like he, he, he said something that was just pro-democracy. I mean, I hate democracy. Like Daryl Morey's probably a Democrat. Like I hate democracy. Democracy is gay. It's stupid. But all Daryl Morey said was that the citizens of Hong Kong ought to be able to vote in who they want. And he got How mad do you think the NBA was whenever Daryl Morey tweeted that out? Like, as they're getting ready to go to China. Oh, I'm sure they're furious. I mean, at, at, like... And the Rockets are the team of the China. The Rockets are the team of China. And did you see what the Nets governor said? That guy's a cuck, too. What did he, he say? He said he... I appreciate you calling him a governor instead of a team owner. I'm very woke of you, sir. Well, he, he made sure he put that at the very beginning of his speech. Very woke of you to call him the governor and not the Something owner. Something about how, you know, China has a long history of colonialism and all this stupid bullshit that doesn't matter. They are the only other superpower in the world. Your colonialism can go to hell. It's America and it's China. And if you are the NBA, you have to choose. It is that simple. You don't want to be mad at Steve Kerr. You want him to obey his boss. Fine. I, I, I don't disagree with you. I see where you're coming from. Then it's time for Adam Silver to not be such a damn cuck. Are we allowed to say all this as we sit on our iPhones? Steve Jobs and Tim Cook, I mean, they ain't Chinese. Your iPhone was made yeah, in China. Because are you allowed American to say all this? Leaders, as you're, are, are you allowed to say this as you use Chinese products? Yes, because American leaders for the last couple of decades have also been cucks and have outsourced all our production overseas. Americans can make this shit. It was invented by Americans. Tim Cook went to Auburn for crying out loud. He's a he's from Alabama too. This shit could be made here, but the politicians and leaders in America are I'm sorry, they're pussies. I yeah, the prices will skyrocket and a lot of more Americans will have jobs. I mean, I'm obviously passionate about this, but believe me, we sent people to the moon. We can make these phones. 
But we decided that we were going to let Chinese people make them in factories instead of us. Because free trade, free trade is great, right? Free trade is bullshit. I would rather Americans have jobs. Because some things are more important than getting the cheapest possible thing you can. And Adam Silver needs to stop being a cuck. It's America or China. It's kind of ironic you're saying you're in favor of Americans having jobs while you want Steve Kerr to say something that will get him fired. It's kind of ironic. I think Steve Kerr is going to be okay. That's the thing. They're not going to do anything to Steve Kerr. He's the golden child. What the hell are they going to do to Steve Kerr? If he put out a little tepid statement saying, hey, the Chinese probably shouldn't be putting their Muslims into camps and should probably just let Hong Kong nerds walk through the streets in peace. I don't think like, hey, this seems this seems kind of bad. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. I, I, I don't I don't think that they were going to do anything to, to Steve Kerr. And like Tennessee said, like, why don't LeBron say something? They ain't going to do shit to LeBron. No, no, they probably wouldn't do shit to LeBron. Then that's all it would take. All it would take is one of these guys. All it would take is LeBron saying, hey, China's bad. I would say, ultimately, Seth, it boils down to we only care what affects us. It does, uh, what's happening in China doesn't affect LeBron. It doesn't affect Steve Kerr. Same as I saw Braves fans saying that uh, you know they were against Redskins but support the Tomahawk Chop because, well, when they do it, it's not racist. When they do it, it's not cultural appropriation. But uh, the Redskins are racist. Same as— It does you know, affect it, us, just, though, John. It, it does affect us. What's happening in China affects us. It affects it affects us directly. Well, how like, much they own if it does, in America? Like, obviously, no, oh, obviously, oh, oh. you're very smart about this. So lot smarter than me. How much they own in America? The amount of money and investment. You mean it's like the relationships? You just mean like the relationships we have? Like they're buying our loyalty or they're yes, buying our silence? Yes, I mean all the silence, companies that, that have mean? pulled out of deals with the NBA teams. I saw Darren Rovell tweet about it today. The, to act as if. That what they he still got me blocked. That what they do over there doesn't affect us is is not true because of the amount of money they will probably own Hollywood in twenty years. You ever seen Marvel say anything about China? No, because of how big those movies are over there. Are you willing to disavow the Fast and Furious because they are uh, big in China? They are huge in China. Are you willing to uh, disavow Fast and Furious? No, I, I don't mind the Chinese. I have nothing wrong with the Chinese. The thing is, is that what they do, they are a superpower. The, they are. the amount of financial investment that they have in America, it is, it is not just substantial. It is more than substantial. So the idea that it doesn't affect us is not true. Because what they do do does affect us, and our businesses in America have to be able to say, we're going to say what we want. And even if it is just a, a boilerplate statement like, yay, democracy, if you want to pull out, you can pull out and you can go to hell because this is America. That's all it takes. It, it that's that is literally all it takes. We are one hundred percent letting them cuck us. Like I mean, the Chinese investment that they in America, Hollywood, the video game industry, it's it's substantial. It affects us greatly, and it isn't just about them making our iPhones and little sweatshops in some province. I would I would imagine Nike has uh, severe relationships with China. Yeah, I mean. It, 
what they do affects America greatly because we have let them invest in America. But does it, like ma- macro, sure, but micro with this situation with Hong Kong, does it? Does it affect what? Us, here. Me and you, no. LeBron James. It could affect him, yeah. How so? Well, who does he have sponsorships with? I mean, Nike's his real employer. I mean, he's got a billion-dollar deal at Nike. Okay, so what if China pulled away from Nike? Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, They absolutely 100% would, by the but, way. Uh, that's, that's, that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, him speaking out against it would cost him a lot of money. Like, the Hong Kong thing doesn't affect him personally. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say LeBron James is doing okay financially. Yeah, sure, but I mean, it's the same. Like, would you rather make $40 million or $140 million? We're all going to say $140 million. Like, we won't even give up our iPhones. Okay. If it came down to, like, saying China shouldn't ethnically cleanse Muslims. I'm going to also guess that most people probably don't know the Hong Kong-China thing. Well, that's probably true, too. I'm going to say LeBron James is not well-versed on the ethically cleansing of but Muslims But it's obviously a huge issue. I mean, remember, China pressured Apple into taking the Taiwanese flag out of the emojis. That is how soft and thin their skin is. They could not even stand Taiwan having its own flag on American iPhones. That is what we're dealing with. That is how thin their skin is. America has not faced anyone like this. It is a totally different breed. I mean, that's what we're talking about here. Like, they, yeah, the, the, like, that Darren Rovell tweet. I mean, yeah, I didn't see it. He blocked me. What, what, what was it? Talking about somebody pulled out of its sponsorship with Clay Thompson. Then he listed like eight other companies that have pulled out. Clay Thompson's shoe, I think Clay Thompson's shoe deal is with a Chinese company. Yeah. And then, so that they pulled out. And then like eight other companies did. Like, they have the thinnest skin imaginable. And, I mean, that's what we're dealing with here. They got mad about an iPhone emoji. I mean, something like it's just, it's America versus China. We thought that opening up free trade with China, with China would democratize China. Instead, it turned them in to an authoritarian police state. I mean, they have the social credit score stuff going on. Yeah, they're they're really fucked up over there. We know that. So, uh, like the like the NBA is, if if I'm correct, in America, the the NBA is the most popular um, league for young people, right? I don't know. That's kind of overblown, maybe a little bit, but NFL's still probably king. But the NBA is insanely popular, more now than it ever has been, no? Yeah, no, it is. It is. I would still say the NFL is more popular, though, but the NBA has uh, closed the gap. Yeah. Like, the, the NBA is also insanely popular in China. If, yeah, if, I mean, if, the China, if China were to pull, if they were to sever, like, that's what I'm saying, like, it's not even like the NBA has to do much. If they would just stand up a little bit and flex their muscles, China would back down. 
because it's too much money for them, too. Like, we joke about LeBron James, you know, doesn't know what he's talking about. All LeBron James would have to say is like a little boilerplate, something, and China's going to let the NBA be in China because those because they have 2 billion people in their country, and a lot of them want to watch the NBA. I mean, it's not going to take much to stand up to China in this case, but you can't be scared. You can't do what King Cuck Adam Silver did. I think they got a $400 million uh, broadcast deal is the number I saw, seven years, $400 million. Just, they're going to back down because they love LeBron James and they love the Houston Rockets. I mean... Just don't be a cuck like Adam Silver. Don't apologize and never back down. Like you're dealing with a country that is unlike anything in America, where everyone is hypersensitive in America. Even the people in America that aren't hypersensitive come across as hypersensitive. I mean, like, like, like China doesn't care about any of that. They're going to do whatever they want for their, for like to get what they want. They don't care who they offend. They don't care who they throw into camps. They don't care who they hit with, you know, I mean, I don't even know what really what the riot police have done to these poor protesters in Hong Kong, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's messed up. I mean, it's China. Like, just say something. Just don't be a cuck like Adam Silver. I mean, it's, it's remarkable that both the right and the left have been, have been united in their disagreement with it i didn't expect that uh long of a response from uh, chad's question but uh, i feel like i learned a lot i'm very passionate about it it's the one it's the one thing that can bring us together i think in america it's one of the few things left that could actually bring americans together i appreciate your passion I hope I didn't sound like I was defending Steve Kerr. I probably did. I wasn't meaning to. I'm not trying to defend them. I do think it's a bad look whenever you uh, you dabble in social justice, you dabble in being able to speak your mind. And Adam, Adam Silver says, hey, we support our guys speaking their mind. And we know that's not true because they are putting a gag order on them. I think we all kind of agree with that. I think it's weak. But I think ultimately it boils down to uh, everything. Uh, when it comes to this stuff, is if it doesn't affect you, you don't care as much. And I know you said it uh, affects us. I understand that, but I'm saying, I'm imagining most of them think it affects us uh, negatively to take a stance against China. Like I think LeBron James sees dollar signs. I think oh, the NBA yeah. sees dollar signs. I don't think they're worried about I, the yeah, uh, I, I, yeah, the you're right. People. You're right. And I think that LeBron could win this matchup with them because I wish it would happen then because I, I like I would like the. Uh, I would like the dilemma that people would have to fight of. We don't want our athletes and our sports leagues to be political, having to uh, be like, oh, wow, thanks. Thanks for the political take. I would appreciate the backtrack there. That's, I mean, that's all, all LeBron James. I mean, like, it just, I mean, not LeBron James specifically, but like the, f- the players would win. I this. mean, LeBron James has led the movement that he is more than an athlete. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying he has, le- he has led that famous. movement. I think that in this instance with China, that the NBA could win as more and more time as more as more and more time goes on with this, the NBA would win it because the Chinese want to watch their basketball, and so I think they would win. But you know, it's good talk. 
Um, we'll, we'll leave on this. Uh, this comes from Fox Business. Um, have you seen the story about the uh, the breakdown of profession you have and the amount of sex you have? Uh-uh. What profession would you say uh, keeps you the most sexually active uh, outside of working in the adult in, uh, adult film industry? Um, this is from uh, a Brit a British survey. I would say something like in the business world, like where you're making deals. Farmers. Wow. We love our farmers, though. Farmers have, uh, 33% of farmers have sex at least once a day. Good for farmers. Most of them are probably trying to get farm hands, like my grandfather. Uh, he had like 10 kids because they needed help on the farm. And because it probably wasn't much to do back then, but either way, uh, cheap labor. Architects are the second most satisfied with 21% claiming they get busy at least once a day. Hairdressers are third at 17%. Anybody surprised by that? By them being high? Meanwhile, (laughs) journalists fall short. Yeah. Only a fifth of uh, journalists uh, say they only have sex once a month. I stand by what I said last week. If you have a blue check mark, unless your name is Grant Ramey, you you shouldn't even be allowed to have sex, period. Out of the gene pool. I want them totally out. Unless you're Grant Ramey. Because Grant is our brother, and Grant's a good guy. And Grant has, has many beautiful children. I'm Facebook friends with him. He's got a, he's got a, he's got a beautiful family. So Grant gets a pass. 20, 20% of journalists have sex once a month. That's about 20% too much. Dan Wolken pays for sex. Where's the lie? Allegedly. That's just what somebody said. Allegedly. All right. That's a good place to wrap up, Seth. Appreciate your time. Hopefully this episode worked. We had an internet outage in the middle. Hopefully I can piece it together. Hopefully we didn't lose anything. I love you, my friend. I love you too, buddy. See ya. Yeah, I'm Chinese. And what? Yeah, you know who this is. Jin, let me tell you this. The days of the pork fried rice and the chicken wings coming to your house by me is over. Y'all gon' learn Chinese. Y'all gon' learn Chinese. Y'all gon' learn Chinese. When the pumps come out, y'all gon' speak Chinese. Y'all gon' learn Chinese. Y'all gon' want to be Chinese. Y'all gon' learn Chinese. When the pumps go off, y'all gon' speak Chinese. This hip-hop shit could fuck up your head, man I know a bunch of crips that love red, man Blood walk in New York, man, things don't change Stop the chinks of the game This ain't Bruce Lee, I watch too much TV It's a game of death when I aim for your chest Yeah, it's too much sex, got me seeing slow motion Eyes barely open with a roach roasting And your girl, she loves the gin ocean Rub it on her body like body shop lotion What's the commotion? You never seen me? Original chinky IMC you don't wanna step to the army. Uh, double R, rank refugee. And the barrel of the gun gonna make you speak another language. And amigo, I ain't talking about Spanish. Y'all gon' learn Chinese. Y'all gon' learn Chinese. Y'all gon' learn Chinese. When the pumps come out, y'all gon' speak Chinese. Y'all gon' learn Chinese.
Tyloa Y'all gon' want be Chinese Fighting Tawa Y'all gon' learn Chinese When the pumps go off, y'all gon' speak Chinese This one goes out to those that order four chicken wings and pork fried rice and broke dice in the hood You think shit is all good? Till the cowboys roll through like Clint Eastwood I wish you would Come to Chinatown Get lost in town End up in the lost and found Eyewitnesses, you must be crazy We don't speak English, we speak Chinese And the only po-po we know Is the pigs on the hook out by the window Every time they harass me, I wanna explode We should ride the train for free, we built the railroads I ain't your 50 cent, I ain't your Eminem I ain't your Jigga man, I'm a China man Jin sing in the palm of my hands She looked surprised when she saw it in the palm of her hands You know what's next, safe sex I'll be damned if I sleep in the flesh with the insect the moral of the story, don't judge a book by its cover I know you think that he's fam, he's really undercover I saw his name on the affidavit It was written in Chinese, and this is what he said Ran by some local hooligans and thugs, so Catch them at midnight when they close and shop up Reading the Ten Commandments, cooking a crack up Looking small posters all over the walls If they think you say me the bull, it's over for y'all Me, I'm just gin, just doing my thing Just doing my thing, just doing my thing Chung so go tong my teal jet mo Rise their beef everywhere I go I'm drunk screaming, can't we all get along? My ladies with the thongs, the thugs with the firearms Y'all gon' learn Chinese Y'all gon' learn Chinese Y'all gon' learn Chinese When the punks come out, y'all gon' speak Chinese Y'all gon' learn Chinese Y'all gon' want be Chinese Y'all gon' learn Chinese When the punks go off, y'all gon' speak Chinese